It was a uh, parasite though. That's the one I saw. Huh? The movie poster she did was parasite. Oh, I thought it was uh snowbud. Snowbud, Rosebud, Citizen Kane. <laughs> Snowbud, Rosebud, Citizen Kane. Wait, yeah, it sounds like Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Snowbud, Rosebud, Citizen Kane. <laughs> so imagine Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory or, or whatever it's called. Okay. But it's the Criterion Collection. <laughs> and it's all the Oompa Loompas talk about famous movies. Oh no. <laughs> Rosebud, Rosebud, Citizen Kane, 40,000 blows directed by Truffaut. <laughs> it's uh, the worst. What do you get when an auto directs? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. We... Auteur means nothing to me. What? Auteur means nothing to me. I'm confused. It means nothing. It's just, oh, the auteur, whatever. Oh, is this you actually making a statement? say that and uh, she's very distraught she's sitting in the front row in front of the casket when uh, a stranger walks out of the crowd walks up to her and asks her hey you're going through a lot can i say a word she says yes please go ahead so he, he walks up to the lectern looks at the casket looks at the lady leans into the mic and just says plethora walks away he goes back to the lady and she says thanks that means a lot and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. I'm Henry. And I'm John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. I feel like this is actually the first time we've introduced with an I'm. Yeah, no, I was thinking about it. Um, there's nothing natural about our introduction at all. I feel like there's a... The circumstances in which you can declaratively say, my name is, right. kind of only exist in the introduction to, to produced work. And I think it comes for me from learning how in other languages people introduce themselves. They say like, mayamo or I am called this. Where in English it's just like, hi, I'm. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot more... I think that if we go with I'm from here on out, it's a lot more conversational, which I think uh, maybe uh, bodes for how this podcast is going to turn out, which is to say unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, we've never been professional. Usually news anchors say, what are they? They introduce themselves at the top, don't they? They say like, I'm Stephen Newsman. Yeah, I'm Dennis Angel. I always like when they say, and... I'm filling in tonight for Thomas Morstead or something like that. And it's just like, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have just said you're the anchor. I, who, who am I to judge? You're clearly not the right audience because I'm sure uh, of the audience watching the news, half of them are like, where's Thomas Morstead? <laughs> and, and, you know, news anchor is the only place where they do that. Because, like, when you go to a play... Uh, there's an announcement before the play starts where it's like, tonight, standing in for Fraser Crane is Niles Crane. <laughs> yeah, they usually do that. So in the news, it's not like right before the fanfare. It's like, the role of the anchor tonight will be played by Thomas <laughs> Morstead. Yeah, I wonder if they have understudies. Oh yeah, they they get the weekend shifts. Yeah, they get the weekends and the matinees. Please, yeah. Do plays have matinees? I don't know my play culture. In New York City, they do, baby. <laughs> the New York matinee, baby! Yeah, that's where the cheap tickets are. <laughs> Greatest matinee in the world, baby. Yeah, New York City. Every day's a matinee in New York City. <laughs> I Speaking of New York City, uh, I am drinking an Altstadt lager. 
uh, brewed in New Braunfels, Texas. What does this have to do with New York City? A uh, tenuous connection at best. The, uh, the news, the New Bronzeville, New New, yes, New York. That is, we were talking about the news, and now we're talking oh, about the news. Now we're talking. Oh God! Now old heads might know this is a favorite of the podcast. I've had the Altstadt Lager a few times, uh, and it is one of the most verbose cans. It's a premium German style beer, rich roasted malts. Fine, smooth finish made with only pure Texas Hill Country water and German hops, malts, and yeast. Now, Henry, hopefully you've been paying attention every time I've introduced a beer that meets these specifications because it's pop quiz time, hotshot. Oh, fuck. I I have not studied. Let's go. Uh, What is the name of the German purity law that indicates that beer can only be made using water, hops, malt, and yeast? It's the one where, like, they they pour it on a bench, and if it sticks, if they stick to the bench, it's impure, but I don't know the name of it. It is, drumroll please, the Rheinheitsgebot. Okay, but am I right about the sticking on the bench? That's actually a totally different thing. That's an English thing. Fuck! (laughs) Oh, flashbacks to high school. (laughs) Yes, you you have very much failed beer law school. Well... Real but, heads, old heads will remember that I don't know anything. Thankfully, though, in the first year of beer law school, you did get placed with a corporate firm. So whether you graduate really doesn't matter. Congratulations. You make $210,000. Oh, man. You're also $200,000 in debt. Well, I just have to work for one year. Welcome to beer law school. <laughs> oh, I don't want to make $200,000 because in a joke, because I'll just get sad that I don't make that much <laughs> in real life. I don't want to be rich in my dreams because it'll make me sad that I'm not rich in reality. You know, I I say that like it's a funny concept and uh, the dreams in which I'm wealthy are the, are the worst I've ever had. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I don't like having dreams in which I'm wealthy because then I go back to a house with air conditioning that right. doesn't work. No, I, I think about, like, if you think, I, I have no specific example, but here's a hypothetical for you. Say, like, a famous actor gets cast to play, like, a down-and-out homeless person. They have to portray, like, they're at their worst level of destitution while literally making hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, uh, absolutely, that is true. I uh, sometimes, I don't know, you've seen that picture of Hillary Clinton when she walks into a working class person's house uh, where she just looks like a deer in the headlights. It's incredible. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this only one fridge? What? <laughs> this is how people live? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I imagine when studying for roles like that, actors have to feel that way somewhat. I don't know. Uh, some actors come from privileged backgrounds, some don't, but they all, uh, if they're successful, make a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- that's why this is a hypothetical. I didn't want to name any names because I'm sure down deep down they're all nice people, but at some level, there's a level of just like, they don't know what it's like anymore. Yeah. You, I don't know. I, I experience this even for myself, and I don't know how anecdotal or philosophical we want to get, but like I've lived kind of most spectrums of a life up until being in the middle class, and there, there are things that I do now that I don't think the version of me living in a black mold infested room uh, attached to a dilapidated house would identify in myself. I have, I have certain tastes and preferences now that I have more money from working a disgustingly white-collar job. And it must be true similarly for the ultra-rich, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I can point to is, like, college me, grad school me would be like, hey, you can finally afford the beers we like to drink. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I've developed a... Uh, a somewhat refined palette for things, describing terroir to something. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think that if you took me from 12 years ago and and showed him me saying terroir, I'd be beaten to death. <laughs> By yourself? Yeah, I would be future murdered. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my grad school self would be like, oh, no more slitch for this bitch. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> wow. I It's taken us... Hundreds of episodes to find a slogan worthy of putting on the first piece of zero <laughs> credits merch. 
but we finally got there. <laughs> uh, you know about Slitch, right? Or Schlitz? Yeah, Schlitz. 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 Yes. Uh, yeah, it tastes like water, but it it's technically a beer. My one, my my go-to was either uh, Steel Reserve or Hams. Oh, I haven't heard of those. Yeah, Steel Reserve, terrible. Oh, uh, man. Hams just kind of tastes like every other mass-produced American lager. I think there's actually like a giant machine that produces all of the American lager and then <laughs> dumps just... it all into the Budweiser, Pabst Blue Ribbon, Schlitz, yeah, Hams. Yeah. Like all of them get the same dose. There's just a little nozzle that goes into differently labeled cans. Yeah, like that. Uh, it's it's that Simpsons joke where they go to the Duff factory and there's just yeah. one machine that's pouring into vats of Duff, Duff Light, and Duff Extra. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I remember when Rolling Rock was a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mine was Rolling Rock or Heineken. Anything in green glass meant I was yeah. really bawling out. Yeah, I was like, ooh, $3 a beer? Are you sure we can <laughs> afford that? Yeah, and now uh, I'm drinking something that says, This Hellas Lager uses 100% German <laughs> malt, imported noble hops from the Allertau region, and cold fermenting yeast from Weihenstaufen, Germany. Oh uh, creating a perfectly balanced, smooth beer that is noticeably malty and finishes. I don't know if I, if I gave anyone tasting notes. Altstadt Lager is like one of the tastiest beers you can get. It's like clean. It's playfully bitter. It's very malty and bready. I I love this beer. I'm going to say something offensive, but it's a bit of wordplay. So it's not ritzy, John. Huh? It's Reiki. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Reiki. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like it. Uh, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I have a problem. Hear me out. I'm here. Um, I I am concerned. No, I'm questioning if I buy something from Germany that's very obviously proud of being German uh, for its German influences. I think you're uh, fine. But I'm suspicious when I buy something made in America that's very proud of being Yeah, German. no, for sure. Yeah, it's the difference between where both of these countries are in their history. Like, Germany went through their huge nationalistic phase and they learned to be better. That doesn't mean they can, you know, they're not allowed to be proud to be German. They absolutely are. They just, they've divorced German from the Nazi party. Yeah, only recently <laughs> Germany has really been able to be like proud to be German. That's right. like a relatively recent development, which is which is fascinating. Uh, meanwhile, in America, uh, every day certain Americans are trying to make Nazism and Americanism synonymous. So we haven't learned our lesson yet. And my concern with Altstadt Lager. Uh, the only reason why I feel weird buying it, and it's often the best lager you can buy at the most reasonable price, uh, is that it is brewed in America, uh, in Texas, and is very clearly, its imagery is is very Teutonic. So I'm like, eh, but from my reading and from my understanding, the people who make the brewery come from Germany and just really care about making quality beer. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a huge German sector. That's not quite the right word. Huge German population here in Texas. Yeah, New Braunfels, so I, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any... They're not doing, like, dog whistling or anything like that. Yeah, of course, this is my second favorite lager under Iron Cross Lager. <laughs> Uh, no. Uh, Nazi point. jokes, not Bad funny. Bad joke. Bad but, uh, joke. Altstadt Lager, truly I delicious. also made one, so we're even. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you know, all of this to say, Nazi stuff aside, I just don't like when things have Teutonic influences because the fonts are aggressively serifed. Oh yeah, you don't like a you don't like a a very pronounced serif. You know, I think I could lose all serifed fonts. But how will you tell the difference between a capital I and a lowercase L? Context. Oh, shit. What about the word illusion? <laughs> oh, no. Illusion. 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 <laughs> oh, that's actually uh, my, uh, it's my <laughs> SoundCloud name, Lillusion. Lillusion. <laughs> oh, what uh, fun places we go on this podcast. What, uh, what fun, indeed. 
Uh, but speaking of random bullshit. Yes, indeed. Uh, this past weekend, John, a little event happened known to uh, cats and dogs alike called the, the 70 odd if the whatever number it was. Uh, Emmys. The Emmys happened, John. 73rd Emmy Awards happened. That's right, Henry. The 73rd Let Me Awards happened. Uh, and it is the, uh, unfortunately now, uh, the awards are posthumous, but the Lemmy Awards have existed for the last 73 years. Lemmy? Uh, Lemmy have existed to uh, give awards to the lead singer of metal band Motorhead. That's right, Lemmy, uh, who unfortunately passed away a couple years ago. Uh, but the Lemmy Awards continue unabated despite his unfortunate passing. This is a good bit, but I don't know how to contribute. That's fine. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people on this podcast have Motorhead knowledge. Uh, they were a band. Yeah, they were one of the best. Motorhead's very good. Now there, don't get them confused with Radiohead. No, they are could not be more dissimilar. I think. okay. Could not be more dissimilar. Yeah, no, you said that right. You said that right. <laughs> uh, they they both have head in their name. Yeah, but you don't see me confusing them with tries to think of other bands with head in the title. <laughs> uh, uh, I just looked up headband, but it's just giving me pictures <laughs> of headbands. What about head, head head like a hole? <laughs> Trying to combine head and Alanis. Headlantis Morset. Headlantis. That's right. The 73rd Emmys took place this past weekend. And you said we couldn't fill an hour with content. (laughs) Oh, I say that every week, John. And uh, if you're thinking, whoa, Emmy Awards, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. The Delta variant is so dangerous. Why... In the world, would a bunch of celebrities agree to meet in an enclosed room and close quarters? Yeah, I'm asking that. Good. You're right to ask that because uh, as Seth Rogen revealed as he stormed the stage, they were lied to. Oh? Wait, hold um, on. This sounds like Emmy's drama. How did this I is, not hear yeah. about this? This is some really juicy Emmy's drama. Uh, Seth Rogen, he didn't actually storm the stage. He was presenting an award. But instead of going on script, he just started talking to the audience. Uh, and he said, let me start by saying there's way too many of us in this little room. What are we doing? They said this was outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. We're in a her- hermetically sealed tent right now. I would not have come to this. Why is there a roof? It's more important that we have three chandeliers than that that we make sure we don't kill Eugene Levy tonight. This is what has been decided. This is insane. I went from wiping my groceries to Paul Bettany sneezing in my face. (laughs) So that's a big week. If anyone's going to sneeze in my face, Paul, I want it to be you. That's, you know, uh, you said this was Seth Rogen, right? Seth Rogen. Tremendous respect for Seth Rogen to walk a fine line between damning criticism of the event that he is actively participating in and keeping it pretty light and Billy Crystally in terms of presentation quality. Yeah, I, so, you know, in every joke, there's a kernel of truth. And I, I kind of really feel like he's he's outraged in this moment. But then he has to pull his punch back a little bit so as not to have his mic cut off and get played off. And, you know, that old timey crook comes off, you know, from backstage to pull him, yank him out. I mean, I think that there's a I I do applaud him for it, because if you're able to walk that line, uh, a good example of this is Joaquin Phoenix at the Oscars. Joaquin Phoenix came out and said a lot of really... (laughs) Really accurate things that I think people still haven't digested. He was written off as a as a crank and a weirdo for taking the time at that stage to do that. But if you manage to like keep it light and keep it in tone with the event while damning the event, uh, I think that's actually an easier pill for people to swallow. Right, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure a bunch of people were, who were watching... I was not among those people, but I'm sure for a bunch of people who are watching, they were thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's it's just a lot better for someone to, I, I don't know, better. It's a lot more easy to digest for your average audience, but more power to Seth Rogen for actually like talking about the hypocrisy that's happening at pretty much every one of these rich people gatherings. 
I mean, it's so easy to target the coastal elite as they're so called for these these gabish and lavish. Gabish isn't a word, is it? Uh, gaudy. Gaudy. You can say gaudy. I'm I'm probably thinking of a different word, but these lavish little award shows where they pat themselves on the back for doing a good job, making millions of dollars. Garish? This is how some garish. Yeah, there we go. Uh, this is this is how some people view these awards, and you know. They might be right a little bit, but it's so easy to target these people that like, yeah, one of them has to get up there and say like, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, oh, <laughs> this is stupid. Right? Right? And then like mm-hmm. backstage, he gets handed a huge check. Yeah. I uh, I mean, you know, you have to play the game, I guess. Uh, that's not the view that I have. I, I view the, the Emmys as a soft recommendation of what I should be watching um, based on who wins. I mean, I, I agree. I'm I'm someone who doesn't really come to television live. I come to television late. Uh, so I, I appreciate the Emmys. You know, I, in no universe, and I want to be clear, okay, for people who are listening, me and Jason Sudeikis are like this, crosses one finger over the other. Uh, but never in a million oh, you're really, years. Oh, you're really tight with Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I know somebody who met him, <laughs> which is the closest I've been <laughs> to a lot of famous people. Um, Amazing. Me and Jason Sudeikis were fast friends uh, and fast. I won't go there. We have a history, me and Jason. But uh, there's no way, there's no universe in which I ever would have paid for Apple TV until I saw Ted Lasso winning a bunch of awards and accolades. I'm like, maybe I should watch that show. Oh, yeah, I would love to watch this show, but I'm never going to get Apple TV. The great thing is I have a friend who gave me their login, so I'm going to watch all of Ted Lasso's ditch it. I was going to ask you for your password, but if you have a friend, I can't I can't in good faith ask for your friend's login. That's not how this works. That's a rule of mine. I don't share it. I, I'm, I'm no, that, that's one for sure. Degree of that's a rule of mine. Yeah, I think, no, I think that's a lot also of people- a rule of mine. I, I don't ask for other people's information that's just rude these people out here who are sharing other people's logins with other people and creating this like crazy network of disney plus logins what are you doing keep it to one degree of separation period it's it's got to be original vampire rules you can only get turned by the original vampire yes absolutely you can only get apple tv from your very cool friend and then you can only get HBO Max from your other very cool friend, but you cannot pass these services on to others. You can make others your thrall by promising that you'll <laughs> give it to them, uh, and then but they'll you do can your never bidding. Give it to them. exactly because that breaks the kindred. All right, yeah, that breaks the masquerade. Exactly. Sorry, Be- the kindred. Yeah, yes, the kindred are the vampires. The masquerade. You you know what I'm talking about? Real vampires. Of course. Now. Uh- yeah, real, real old, real, real old head snow because <laughs> they're vampires and they've been alive for a while. Yes, the the oldest heads. Now, of course, the the heads that are old enough to be in torpor may not know because they've been asleep since the Spanish Inquisition. But the old old heads will remember the uh, the finer details of the this kindred of the masquerade. I know it's very dumb. All right. Well, you will be happy to know. I know you don't do television uh, live. You don't approach it from a live stance, but you'll be happy to know that you made a right decision in watching Mayor of Easttown. Oh, did Mayor of Easttown clean up? Uh, A little bit, tiny bit. It didn't win any big overall awards, um, but Kate Winslet did win for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited or Anthology Series or a Movie along with her co-star, whose name is Evan Peters. Yes, Evan Peters. Best Evan Peters role, kind of. I mean, Evan Peters is great, we can all... Uh, but this also is like my favorite Evan the, Peters role. Also somebody by the name of Julianne Nichols. No idea. I don't know. Uh, have you uh, seen Mary Three awards? No, I can't understand the accent. Uh, you know, you just... Listen, just repeat after me. Water, water. Water, water. Water, water. They say water. They say warder. Warder or wooder. There's 
There's a lot of Fishtown stuff going on. Mayor of Easttown's good. The finale, it doesn't fumble it. When you watch a mystery, a finale is never as... It's just yeah, kind of how I, yeah. the medium works. But it's, it's true. It's one of the better ones of those that I've seen. I'm glad to hear that the extremely talented cast is picking up... Yeah, and, and right alongside it is uh, apparently everybody in Ted Lasso won an award that's more reason for me to actually start watching Ted Lasso. Yeah, and The Crown is also sweeping in a bunch of different categories as well. But I can't go back to The Crown. It's too boring. Um, Let me tell you, the only episode of The Crown that's good is the one about the mining disaster in which Queen Elizabeth does absolutely nothing and mopes around a mansion while children die. Cause there is no episode that more perfectly encapsulates the British Royal family than that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and it is not done in a self-aware manner, by the way, it is, it is done with a, a lot of gravity. I think the thing that the crown suffers from is that at no point does it allow itself to be meaningfully critical about what the British royal family's role in world well, politics can. is. You can't be critical of of the crown. That that's against the law. Is it? I mean, it used to be. I don't know. It's uh I don't know. I I think that the show would be it flirts with it, I think sometimes. Uh, and also I've seen maybe half of the crown. It's a show that I go in and out of while Allison is watching it. Yeah. It's a show we tried to watch, but I kept falling asleep during. (laughs) I mean, I do not blame you. Um, the guy who plays Winston Churchill, uh, God, what's his name? John Lithgow. Yeah. John Lithgow did a great job. He's a great Churchill. He's my favorite part of the show. He's a great post-war Churchill, which a lot of people don't realize was not a good leader. <laughs> yes. Uh, post-war Churchill, uh, very, very weird. Uh, there's that Gary Oldman Churchill movie that uh, it, also that, incorporates yeah. his his weird uh, rambling uh, incoherentness. Right. Churchill, interesting figure in history. Yeah, absolutely necessary for Britain to survive World War II, uh, but then probably should have gone away. Yeah, one could argue. <laughs> One, one could argue. One, one could argue. Uh, so I'm not going to go through all the other winners. Instead, I'm going to focus my efforts on one area in particular and a little segment I am going to call the Henry Hate Corner. Oh, no, the HHC. <laughs> the HHC is here once again, John, to rain fiery fury down on the injustice that this Academy of Television Awards people have doled out. Well, Henry, uh, drop the hammer. I'm going to give you a little bit of context so you can understand my ire, John. Uh, There's a particular category uh, that is entitled Outstanding Variety Special Open Parentheses Pre-Recorded Close Parentheses. Okay. And in this category, we have such things as um, David Byrne's American Utopia. Uh, Never seen it, but I love David Byrne. Right. Uh, we've got 846 by Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. We have Friends The Reunion. Is that variety? <laughs> That's a question we're going to circle back to. Okay. Uh, we have a West Wing special to, vene- to benefit When We All Vote, which I think was like a fundraiser. Uh, sure. We have Bo Burnham's Inside. That's not a variety show. And we have Hamilton. Hold on. Hold on. So my my issue is that they have decided to put uh, two exceptionally well-crafted musicals into this category. Three if you count David Byrne's American Utopia. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with American Is Is there a musical category? Perhaps not. No, there's no musical category. Uh, that is ridiculous. Does, so, do they just mean, are people singing in it so it's variety? I guess singing and dancing, those are two things. There's some variety there. But, like, the, the etymology of variety show is, like, shows yeah. shows that contain, like, sketch comedy, improvised comedy, musical numbers, game show elements. I, I mean, a word comes to mind. It's, it's vaudeville. It's, it's vaudeville. Like, it originated in 
it originated on the radio, like the Lawrence right. Welk show, right? Jackie right. Gleason show, Gong show, all those things were variety shows. The Colgate Comedy Hour. The Col- <laughs> Is that a real thing? I thought that was just from, <laughs> I think you should leave. I mean, ostensibly, it might be fictional, but... Oh, no. Yes. They had jazz and they had comedy, so they had some variety. I just think it's really silly. Like, Sonny and Cher was a variety show. Muppet Show yeah. was a variety oh. show. These aren't variety shows. Right. These are not variety shows. Um, and Saturday some Night of- Live is arguably a reality uh, uh, variety show, now that I think of <laughs> Well, that's of a it. sketch comedy show. But it's got a musical element. Oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Variety. But, okay, so out of these people, who do you think won? Oh, boy. Um... David Byrne, hold on, let me remember who's in it. David Byrne, Hamilton, Bo Burnham. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Anybody Friends. else? Friends. And the West Wing. And the West Wing. Um, I'm going to pessimistically say that the West Wing won, but I badly hope that Bo Burnham won. See, I when I first saw this category, I was oh, like, well, fuck, no- Hamilton won. I'm so sad. There's no... You ruined it. There's no way that Bo Burnham doesn't win because mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece. It, it, it's a it's it's a special that he shouldn't have been able to make yet. Like it it it, it, it if he goes on to do something better, that's great. But like this is his magnum opus. Like this is this is him. This is who he is. He should get rewarded for this. And then they gave it to fucking Hamilton. <laughs> I want to be clear. I didn't look up who won. I only out of my brain okay. flipped yeah. over and I yeah. realized who we were talking about in terms right. of the people who are voting for these things. And I knew in my heart of hearts, the darkest outcome is that Hamilton wins. And if Hamilton had skipped at winning any other rewards, awards, and this was the only award it ever got, I would be okay with it. But this play came out in fucking 2015. Yes, this play has been haunting us for the last six years, gobbling up awards everywhere. It I does, love Hamilton. It I does. really enjoy Hamilton. It's a great musical. I but prefer it Moana. Be, that's fine. That's fine. He did music in both. <laughs> but it shouldn't be getting awards six years after it debuted. Absolutely not. Just because it came out in like a, a digital format, it's still the same gosh darn play. I just don't... <laughs> I don't understand how someone cannot give it to Bo Burnham. Like a special shot on a $30,000 budget, for the most part, on an iPhone. But people keep saying like, oh, it was shot on iPhone. It was actually shot on a lot of pretty sophisticated camera and lighting equipment. Like the guy has money and he understands how production works. Like it's not like he turned an iPhone on and started recording it. And Uh, and he... I don't know the actual story behind this, but he really makes you believe he locked himself in a room until a special was made. Yeah, and obviously that can't be the case. But like the Bo Burnham, I, I think is one of the like preeminent artists of our era. Like every time Bo Burnham creates something, I feel like the world as a whole has to stop, digest it, and then continue. Uh, which is a huge compliment for any artist. And to look at something like Inside and not give it any <laughs> any award it could possibly qualify for uh, is malfeasance. Inside is incredible, not just from like a songwriting point of view, but I think it's the only actual piece of art that really gets the thing we all went through. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's... It definitely encapsulates a certain time period, but also is just a perfect reflection, presumably, like I'm reading into the text, of what Bo Burnham went through during this whole, he was going to return to stand-up, and then the world said no. Yeah, it's it's a perfect special, and I get it. David Diggs as Lafayette is cool. Uh, <laughs> Again, I'm not going to knock Hamilton. It's, it's a real... It's, probably the best musical i've seen uh barring come from away but it's it's had its time in the sun and this is literally just a recording of a performance that they did years ago so like just just because it debuted now that it was sitting in that disney vault waiting for the perfect time to release and then a pandemic hit like 
I feel like you and I had this out for another award. I feel like we did too. Because you don't. I want to take a hardline stance in that you do not give an award for film or television to the filmed proceedings of a live musical event. Right. If it, I think if it brings something new to the medium, like the Beastie Boys' Oh Shit, I Shot This, which they handed out cameras to fans and they had them, like, guerrilla film, a concert film, I think that that possibly earns the distinction of film bringing something new to the proceedings. It transforming from a concert into a different thing. If you have a filmed musical event that is filmed in such a way to just convey the contents of said musical or of said play, it is not a work in a new medium, period. It's also not fucking variety. It's one thing. It's a musical... And that's it. It, it. it wasn't written as a variety show. I, I just don't understand. I mean, clearly I don't understand the distinction for variety show. Uh, maybe it's just a catch-all, but this is uh, tremendously annoying. I think even if you were to take Hamilton on its face as a musical, uh, I think Inside is a better musical than <laughs> Hamilton is. Wow. Um, based purely on the fact that it is so prescient and so well done and so unique. Yeah. But of course, that's six years of Hamilton fatigue setting in. If these had been released concurrently, which would be impossible, I don't know that I'd say the same. Well, you wouldn't have seen Hamilton yet because you would have to wait six years. You're right. Yes, in a world where I could somehow simultaneously see Hamilton live and watch Inside, you know, a, uh, I guess, variety show about us all being locked inside for a year in a deadly pandemic ramping across the world. Uh, in that strange world, I don't know what my opinion Yeah, me either. I, I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of gatekeeping that uh, happens with like the theater, and it's like it's this precious little jewel that a bunch of aristocrats protect, and then they all get to see the play, and oh, that was so good. We got to see it, and we got to form an opinion about it. Oh, we got and to th- see Hamilton with the original cast. Did right. you? Oh, no. Mm, you- you saw the touring group? Mm. Mm. No, I agree. <laughs> People who see theater are the fucking worst. It's like, yeah, well, just record it. Record opening night or record, just record something and then release it to everybody. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, if if you really liked art, you would let people see it. Free idea. Free idea for people. Uh, record opening night and record closing night for every musical that opens on Broadway. Once the original cast rotates out, make both of those available. People can feel the emotional arc by watching right. both proceedings and then, I don't know, charge people $30 for both of them. Free idea, Disney Corporation. Yeah, don't give them more ideas, please. I just want them to charge $30 for as many things as they can. <laughs> Why? I want to help the Disney Corporation, so they'll hire me. I want to be Mickey Mouse. (laughs) We can talk about them a little bit later. But uh, to wrap up our discussion of the Emmys, I fucking hate that shit that happened where Bo Burnham didn't get to win no award because I really feel like he deserved one for his work on Inside. Um, But on a lighter note, uh, you know Conan O'Brien, he ended his show on TBS, right? Yes. So this was the last chance he would ever have, potentially, until he creates a variety show. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and is the only person in the category. This was potentially his last chance to, to earn an Emmy for his show Conan. And um, he didn't win, but that didn't stop him from going on stage. Uh, incredible. When, uh, Co- when Stephen Colbert's show won for, I, I think it was a, a live variety show, he just went up with the rest of the cast and crew and just stood there waving at the camera. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's just a little bit of lightheartedness to get us through what was a, a really black and dismal night because uh, fucking Hamilton won again. <laughs> yes, Hamilton. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about becoming the Patriots of award shows. Oh, like the New England, New England. <laughs> 
there's a there's a level of being too winning in which people start to hate you right and i i think that on its face i very much can admit that hamilton is an exemplary creation however because of how much people gush about it and how much it kills at every award season, I think that I have a little bit of Hamilton hate in my heart. No, for real. To, me too. Absolutely. Um, I, again, adore the play. I, I watched it like three times when it debuted on Disney+, Plus, so I'm part of the problem. Um, but it had its time in the sun, and there's only one year that creations can be viable to to win awards for whatever reason and hamilton found a fucking loophole to win awards in multiple years and that's not fair yeah it's it's not fair and it's not helped by the fact that there's a certain cohort of people over 40 who really only seem to ingest both hamilton and the handmaid's tale as media and it's like their own oh god uh, that's a cursed it's, it's actually it's actually Hamilton Handmaid's Tale and Harry Potter and these are like the uh, the like the the triumvirate of things only things can be like these three things they can't be weird, like anything else uh, and this is a certain cohort of people over 40 uh, and I feel like Hamilton gave them a powerful tool to talk about hip hop in a way I don't appreciate oh yeah no for sure um, here's I don't know if the new Drake is as good as Hamilton. Come oh on, my dude. God. What? <laughs> please, please shut up. No, ha- the hip hop in Hamilton isn't, isn't even real hip hop. No, it's just singing in a hip hop style. Yeah. It, it's co-opting hip hop, which yeah. can't, I don't know if that's accurate to say, but it feels that, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda's, he should here's make what... more songs about giant. <laughs> he didn't make that one. Oh, did he not? He did I, the uh, he did the not into the unknown that's frozen too the one on the boat where she sings on the yeah. boat. He did a lot of the one, a lot of the music in Moana, but I, I feel like it was uh, one of the Flight of the Concords who did specifically that shiny song. Oh, that would make sense. You know, Moana is a good movie. It's a good movie. Here's here's what Bo Burnham needs to do because this is what Hamilton they they recorded their stage production and put it online to win more awards. So what Bo Burnham needs to do is to record his pre-recorded thing and show it on a stage so he can win stage awards. And then, six years after that comes out, recordings of him on stage can clean up in TV and movie awards. Exactly. Because if it it works in one direction, it should be able to work in the other. And if you have a problem with that, then stop fucking releasing (laughs) or stop submitting recordings of plays for awards. Once again, this is a free idea. Bo Burnham, I know you're listening. Uh, This is the only way we can stop Hamilton. And hey, come on the podcast. Give us a little kiss. Or just, you know, live your life. Yeah, you know, you can li- I know that you don't want to be <laughs> in front of the public, but let me tell you, Bo Burnham, if you're on this podcast, you sure as hell won't be. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, you're right. Ouch. Oh, that hurt. It's okay. But, but this is finally the hook we need to get uh, Bob <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, you call him I, Bob? <laughs> that's what I call him because we're friends. Is his name Robert? Well, it is actually Robert, I think. Oh, I thought his name was... Bosif. Yeah, it's Bob Earnham. I don't what? Bob Earnham. Oh, oh, he took the B from Burnham. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, yeah Bob Earnham. Let's talk about fucking Disney now. <laughs> Let's talk about Disney now that we uh love him so much. Give me the mouse. John grown up. I know you didn't go to regular school, but did you stay up late at night watching Adult Swim? Absolutely every night. Yeah, me too. And what was the the most, just because of the way their programming worked, what was your most watched show on Adult Swim? Oh, it's got to be either Gundam Wing, which was later in their anime block, or Aqua Teen Hunger Force. All right. So you didn't watch the early, like the early blocks of Adult Swim? I'm not sure that I remember what was on the early blocks of Adult. It's been a while. For my entire high school career, it was Family Guy. Family Guy, for sure. I actually, interestingly, never was a Family Guy person. And that that's fair, uh, but th- it is the topic of what I'm going to talk about next. Um, so maybe a little history lesson is, is in order. 
uh, for the history of Family Guy. Uh, it started as a Fox show, ran for about two to three seasons, and got canceled. Uh, Cartoon Network, or the Adult Swim division, bought the rights to the reruns and reran them so much, and they were so popular, that the network saved the show on Fox through how popular the reruns were. And now I believe it's in season, like, 18 to 20, I don't really know. Yeah, it's in Simpsons territory. Right, it seems to have carte blanche to keep running forever, or for as long as that animation domination block can sustain itself. Um, But this past Monday, John, Family Guy was pulled from Adult Swim's lineup for the first time in 18 years. Whoa. Adult Swim is still around? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Rick and Morty exist. That's that's very funny. No, you're very, it's very funny. Well, I mean, the network is going through a bunch of shifts. Like they were bought by like AT&T just sold them because they didn't, they realized they didn't know what the fuck they were doing with television. Classic. Um, But here's the thing. This is a one of the final, maybe not one of the final, but one of the latest occurring ripple effects that are spinning out from the the, the deal that Disney struck with Fox. Because Family Guy is a Fox show. Uh-huh. And so Disney doesn't want a non-Disney channel showing a Fox show's reruns. Oh, interesting. So they are canceling the deal with Adult Swim. Uh, wow, classic Disney stuff, huh? Yep, so what's going to happen, I believe, I- I'm trying to remember if this is right, I think Family Guy is like navigating its way over to FXX or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, the place where shows go to thrive. Right. Well, I mean, it's the new episodes are still going to be on the Fox network or whatever, but the reruns will be relegated to a channel that I don't even think anyone has. Yeah, I truly have no idea how to watch FXX. I believe it's always Sunny in Philadelphia moved to FXX at some point, but I just watch it on Hulu. Right. For I mean, absolutely. Which, again, Disney owns. They own Hulu. So God, you can't fucking escape. They, they you know, they, they win either way. But it's just so funny because, like, the reruns weren't costing Disney anything. If anything, watching reruns of a show can peak interest in the current run of a show so they 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 could gain more watchers but for whatever reason disney doesn't feel like sharing and so they're pulling family guy which i want to reiterate has been a part of the adult swim lineup for 18 years now i think maybe something that people overlook when it comes to how Disney operates is that they assume that Disney is operating purely out of a profit motive, which I don't think is accurate at this. Uh, and I think the closest thing that we can equate Disney to now is the British Empire. Hear me out. I know. I, I'm all ears. So the way the British Empire worked for the most part is let's say there are, uh, I don't know, two British envoys or two British missionaries who go to like, Ethiopia or something. Uh, And then they're either held against their will or they go missing or something happens because they were essentially going there to like soft colonize. Uh, Typically speaking for your British empire, the question was, do we want to deploy a massive armed force uh, that will cost months of preparation uh, and perhaps hundreds of lives over these two people? And I think for any, uh, any any government operating rationally, the answer would be no, obviously. We'll handle it some other way. The British Empire uh, would do it just to spite people. The British Empire was so huge and so powerful that they would commit untold funds and hundreds of lives at the drop of a hat uh, to, the, to the slightest infraction on their power. And I think Disney largely is doing the same thing right now and has been for a while. The Disney Corporation, extremely petty and not solely monetarily motivated. They just want control. Yeah, anything they can do to get control of things. They uh, they pretty ruthlessly wrest power from anyone who uh, uses Disney properties 
that they don't that they want under the Disney umbrella. It's uh, frightening. It's monolithic, and, and it's there's nothing we can do just because of you know I, I guess antitrust laws and, and monopoly busting never really foresaw that a corporation can own a bunch of different companies but still kept keep them separate, and so it's not a monopoly? Question mark? I mean, we've got a conservative Supreme Court, and in terms of the way the op- the United States operates, everyone's kind of taken the pill on neoliberalism. At the- so uh, there's no uh, kind of neo-monopoly we're going to break up. At the- yeah. It's up to companies to self-regulate, like AT&T selling HBO and Cartoon Network and all the things they sold when they're just like, we're getting it on a television because we ruined it. Yes. Let corporations police themselves. I, I don't think anything. Is that a long enough pause for irony? I think so. Okay. Ironic pause. Irony pause. So if you're worried about Adult Swim, uh, don't be, uh, because... Since AT&T sold all of their holdings in television, uh, Adult Swim is able to actually make original content again, which they were forbidden from because it was too much of a money sink. I uh, have always loved Adult Swim's original content when I watched it 10 plus years ago. Xavier Renegade Angel, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Super Jail, all great. You, You have the most eclectic taste. What's wrong with Super Jail? Super Jail was fine, but Xavier Renegade Angel. <laughs> Xavier Jesus Renegade. Aquatina Hunger Force is a cultural phenomenon and was very funny. They're getting another movie on HBO Max. Great. I love Aquatina Hunger Force. And maybe possibly a reboot based on the villains of Aquatina <laughs> Hunger Force. What, uh, what other originals on Adult Swim were there? Uh, I mean, Venture Bros was always one of uh, my Venture favorites. Venture Brothers, incredible. Yeah, uh, they are also getting a three-hour movie to finally wrap up the entire series. The uh, the writers of Venture Brothers, of course, went on to write a pretty good Fallout New Vegas expansion. Oh, uh, Old World Blues? Yep. That's great. That was a total guess, but it, it made the most sense. Yeah, there's a... I, I think one of the uh, creative forces behind Venture Brothers voices a character in Old... Uh, Possibly. Venture Brothers, great. Uh Man, Adult Swim was so good. Metalocalypse. Metalocalypse was amazing. They are also getting a movie on HBO Max to wrap up the series. <laughs> Have these series been continuing unabated throughout time? Or did no. they like stop and now they're being wrapped up? They got canceled. Okay, so I should watch these movies. <laughs> right. AT&T, well, not Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That one did not get canceled. Um, but Metalocalypse got canceled a while back before the AT&T merger, and then AT&T bought, it, bought Cartoon Network, saw how long it took Venture Bros to actually make a new season, because they would it would be like every four years they would spit out eight episodes or so, because Venture Bros is made by two people, mm-hmm. and they besides Patrick Warburton, they basically voice everybody in the show. Yes. Um, It's a little bit of hyperbole, but not very much. Uh, And so they saw like, wow, not a lot of ROI for this money that we give them. Axum. And uh, so they canceled the show. And then when it was announced that AT&T was selling all of their holdings, uh, miraculously, like the next week, they're like, we're giving Venture Bros a movie so they can finally wrap up their show. There there was just a lot of money that was... uh a remainder for something left over and then just whoever could grab it first got it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they'd never had a huge budget adult swim. Like they started out with, you know, reused assets from Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Oh man. Barely animated. (laughs) Uh, what was the Birdman show? Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Incredible. Man. Uh, That is a new series. What? There's a new series out for Harvey Birdman called Bird Girl. This is incredible. Do you know Pageant Brewster? I know of Pageant Brewster. She voices Bird Girl. Wow. So yeah, watch that if you're a fan of Pageant Brewster. And you should be, because she is phenomenal. I'm just looking forward to them finally wrapping up Gundam Wing, Outlaw (laughs) Star, and Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Where'd they go? I really wish Space Ghost would come back. Uh, Guns and Wings fucking ended, dude. <laughs> no, they need a three-hour movie to wrap it up. 
Outlaw Star, I think, ended two eons ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Outlaw Star, very, very short-lived. I just want to know what the ending of Cowboy Bebop is. I was mostly into Adult That's Swim. That's already for, done. <laughs> I was mostly into Adult Swim for the anime, but then slowly oh, no, yeah. over time, I very much warmed up to every Dude. other thing. Oh, man. Tom Goes to the Mayor. Give me a three-hour Tom Goes to the Mayor <laughs> movie. I fucking lo- like Trigon. Was Give me one a of Trigun for sure. Trigun was great. It, Cowboy Bebop for sure. Um, Give me a th- three-hour finale of the Oblongs and Moral Oral. Oh man, if the Oblongs could come back! But unfortunately, that wasn't an original. Yeah, that was on some other Fox. Yeah, uh, Moral Oral, I believe, ended um, on its own terms. Yeah, I think it had a it had a finale. Moral Oral was really good, and also can't wait for that three-hour C Lab twenty twenty-one. Uh, the voice actor for Captain Murphy died. Oh, no. And that whole production team is uh, the Archer team from FX. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Good for them. Archer does well, even though I can't really stand to watch it. I love the early seasons when I was younger. And when I they could back- still say ISIS. <laughs> Before politic, <laughs> before woke PC culture said I we lo- couldn't call things ISIS anymore. I loved when they could use the word ISIS. <laughs> when no, they stopped I being able to use ISIS, I was out. Yeah, I don't know. Weird correlation there. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Adult Swim was great. Anime was very fun. Um, although sometimes they would play an anime and I'm like, I'm really not into this. Can we skip to the next show, please? Yeah, FLCL, get it out of here, not interested. What? No, no, you take that back. I'm obviously kidding. Oh, God. FLCL we were about to amazing. actually throw hands. I know, it's good. They even commissioned two more seasons of that show, and one of them was really good. Well, I've never seen anything other than the season that exists. And then I tried to watch Kill la Kill, and I didn't like it. Oh, I just rewatched the first episode of Kill la Kill today. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's really fan servicey. Yeah, that's uh oh, apparently Joe Para has a show on Adult Swim. Joe Para is great. Who's Joe Para? Give me a rundown. Uh he's a frequent comedy collaborator of uh Connor O'Malley, but he's like a super deadpan guy. Very What's funny. his show called? Uh, Joe Para talks to you, but if you want a feeling for Joe Para's comedy, watch How to Make It in USA, which is Connor O'Malley and Joe Para's uh, half sketch, half prank call show. Which okay, Joe yeah. Para talks to you. Yeah, uh, that was recommended to me by a friend. I didn't realize it was on Adult Swim, but also uh, Joe Para is just pretty funny. And of course, the Emmy Award-winning Primal is also on Adult Swim. Pri- what? Primal is a show with no dialogue. Oh, boy. It involves uh, a caveman teaming up with a dinosaur to survive a very harsh world after both of their separate families were wiped out by the same clan of dinosaurs. Oh, this is made by Gendy Tartakovsky? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. I'm very uh, I just watched this. the first episode today. Uh... Didn't expect to get fucking moved by a fucking silent anime, not anime, animated show. But my lunch today was very emotional. I uh, am very interested. You said it's Emmy Award nominated or winning? Winning. Wow, that means we have to watch it. So Ted Lasso and Primal, catch them now on Streamy Stream Stream Stream. On HBO Max. Catch them on HBO Max. Oh, I might actually watch this Primal show after we get done here. Yeah, let, let me just check. I, I gotta see who it beat out, because that's always important. Hamilton. <laughs> uh, it, oh, what? Yeah, Primal. It, it beat out, um, where's the fucking nominees? Show me the goddamn nominees. What the fuck? No, this is just the winner. Oh. Oh, it beat out, it didn't beat out anything great, actually. <laughs> oh, no. It beat out Big Mouth, which is just okay. Bob's Burgers, which is, I mean... Not award-winning, for sure. The South Park Pandemic Special, which was kind of funny, but weirdly problematic. And, of course, The Simpsons, which, why is that even being nominated? <laughs> yeah, I, The Simpsons, at this point, is just it kind did, of a zombie. So let's just say it really didn't have any competition, because it is pretty, pretty fucking artful, while these are just kind of like run-of-the-mill comedies. Tell me about Gindy 
Tartakovsky. Oh, you want to know about Gendy Tartakovsky? Yeah, tell me. I don't know anything about this person. Uh, he is the creative force behind, get ready, uh, Dexter's Laboratory. Samurai Jack? Samurai Jack. That's why, oh my god, the animation is so fucking familiar, and that's why! The uh, the Clone Wars animated series, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the short form one that is incredible, and one of the best Star Wars things ever made, not the 3D one. Right, right, I, I understand. But yeah, that's what I know him from. I also think he worked on Powerpuff Girls, but I'm not 100. I think he might have worked on it before he got his own show. That seems right. But yeah, no. So that's why the animation is so smooth like butter. Butter. It's smooth like butter. <laughs> it's smooth like butter because, it, I mean, this guy just, he knows how to make a fucking good show. Yeah, he was a writer, director on Powerpuff Girls, which I believe is where he got his start. Gendy Tartakovsky, extremely talented guy. Uh, Samurai Jack, one of the best shows ever, uh, and I'm very excited to watch Primal. Primal's very good. Again, there's no dialogue. I mean, great. Don't have to so, worry about subtitles. They also didn't have to pay a writer. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> take that, writer. None of these dinosaurs are getting their SAG cards. <laughs> there actually is, I mean, there is voice acting for the grunts, I guess. I don't know. Do grunts get SAG? Um, Hold on, Henry. Do grunts get SAG? <laughs> What a uh, sentence. Uh, how to get SAG card. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to take a different approach and put in SAG grunt. <laughs> <laughs> Proof of employment. Have to complete three days of work as a background actor. Apparently there's something called grunt style, which keeps your pants from sagging. <laughs> what? Hold on. It pulled up someone's LinkedIn profile when I put up... Oh, this person's a SAG after stunt performer. No information about grunting your way to SAG. I, I can't even get stipulations about how many lines you need. It just says three days of work as a background actor to get SAG. Oh, hold on. I, I don't know what's going on with grunt style. I don't know if it's racist. There's a lot of gun imagery, but most importantly... Um, the third result on Grunt Style just says never forget 9-11. Went down a dark place looking up the Grunt Sag, but here we are. Weird. Oh, I get it, because sagging your pants. Yeah, sagging, which also, being against sagging of pants is sometimes racist. The court of public opinion is out on Grunt Style, because I'm not going to look it up. Or And you know what? If I just platformed something bad, I didn't mean to. Get off my back. Uh, okay. I'm I'm strangely worried about getting cancelled, but you know what that means, Henry? Well, if you're worried about being cancelled, it means we might have gone a little too long tonight. <laughs> yes, uh, we usually try to cut it off right before I get cancelled. Right, and I'm out of beer, so that can only mean one thing. Does that mean we've reached the end of the Emmys? Yes, the Emmys are over. Hamilton should not have won. Adult Swim loses Family Guy, but gains a whole lot of good premium new content. And so you should tune in and watch. I'm going to, you say his name, Gendy? Gendy Tartakovsky. Uh, the maker of Samurai Jack, one of the best animated children's cartoons ever to be made. Uh, his new show, Primal, is excellent. It's award-winning. And the first episode made me tear up at lunch over a chicken sandwich that I made myself. That's a uh, high praise. Yeah. Um, count calories. Can't go to Popeye's every day of the week anymore. It's terrible. I'm dying. I mean, aren't we all? I also need to... And you know what? It's fine. Just eat less of the stuff you eat already. That's my plan. And if you have a plan, it should be to get in contact with us, and here's how you can do so. Leave the planning to us. You can send us a tweet on twitter.com at ZCPCWHJ, and John knows what that stands for. That's right. That stands for, could it be? Could it possibly be that the left has manipulated huge swaths of Trump voters into believing they're owning the left by not taking the life-saving Trump vaccine? Oh, I know what this is. I, I saw this too. It's insane. Um, that's right, John. Also, if you've got a business inquiry or something longer you want to send, you could you should uh, go to our email. You can't go to an email, but you can send us an email to email at zero credits.net. 
and we will reply between 1 and 30 business days. Uh, we're also on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Either service is great. You can leave a rating and review on either of these services, and it can help us out. We're also on Good Pods. That's right. We've joined Good Pods, an app for your phone that lets you listen to and discover new podcasts. We have a page on Good Pods where you can leave ratings and reviews and listen to the podcast, and that can only help us out further. Uh, the least and uh, last but not least is what I meant to say. thing that you can do is uh, tell a friend about the podcast. In these times of increasing boredom as we enter the uh, autumnal season and the days are getting shorter, you're going to need more things to fill that time. So tell your friends about Zero Credits Podcast. Give them the gift that keeps on giving because we'll never stop releasing new episodes. Even if the law threatens us, we will steep, still keep making episodes from prison. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive and the only way we can sway a jury of our peers that we are innocent. And of course, as alluded to earlier, I highly recommend that anyone listening to this podcast find a way to uh, get access to the article Howard Stern Proves Democrats Want Unvaccinated Trump Voters Dead, written by John Nolte. Uh, since he's been given a, a byline in Breitbart, he's probably a terrible person. Uh, the article is uh, some of the most fascinating stuff you will read about a certain kind of, I hope, alien mindset. To and from everyone here at the Zero Credits Infinity Pool, we'd like to wish you a happy week. Uh, what's funny is normally when people refer to mental gymnastics, there's usually not a shoulder work section, unlike <laughs> in this article. <laughs>